Good morning. Good morning. I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to share this time with you. My name is Christine Donovan Ball. I am mother to seven-year-old Jesse and four-year-old Cody, both full of vibrant life force energy. Wife to infinitely loving partner Matt, teacher and artist. I've been attending Sunday evening meditations at the Raleigh Temple for about five years and have been an active member of Thursday evening and Thursday morning Dharma discussions for several of those. I grew up Christian and was baptized at the age of seven. My religion was extremely important to me growing up. After losing my religion and my mind at the age of 20, I began, began a deep dive into philosophy especially the works of Nietzsche. In 2013, I began to commit myself to a new spiritual path that included meditation, yoga, and reading all kinds of spiritual texts. I remember driving from my home in Rougemont to my job in Carborough on Old 86, every day passing the temple with curiosity, but never stopping in. I began referring to the concept of God in, with a circle in my journal for several years when I first came to the temple in North Raleigh and met Reverend Wang Gong. I felt an overwhelming sense of having found my spiritual home. When I first heard the term, the middle way, I pictured three ways. One was the good way, one was the bad way, and the last was the middle way. I soon learned that the concepts of good and bad don't have a place in the teachings of the Buddha or the great masters. Instead of good, words like skillful, appropriate, or wholesome are used. The middle way can be referred to as the appropriate way between two extremes. Siddhartha Gautama was living a life of extremes as he searched for the answers to life's most difficult questions. He became so emaciated as a result of ascetic practices. It is said that when he placed one hand on his belly and one hand on his back, he could feel his hands through his body. Around this time, it is said that he overheard a music teacher instructing a student how to tighten the strings on an instrument. The teacher said, if the strings are too tight, harmonious music will not be possible. If the strings are too loose, music cannot be played. From this experience, the Buddha created the teaching of the Middle Way. In her Dharma message titled, The Middle Way, The Path of Harmonious Living, given on September 15, 2019, Reverend Wang Gong said that on a scale from 0 to 100, the middle way is not necessarily 50. Sometimes the middle way will be 20, 30, or 90, based on time, place, and any other conditions at play. 
If I'm making pancakes, the amount of baking powder I use depends on who I'm making them for. One heaping teaspoon is just right for the children who love fluffy pancakes. This would not be ideal for my husband, however, because he prefers a pancake that's crispy around the edges. Mind you, I also need to turn up the heat. This recipe would need to be altered further depending on the altitude and even the climate where we find ourselves making pancakes. Substitute tenderness, frankness, or affection for baking soda here to catch my drift. So, if the middle way refers to appropriate behavior based on the situation, what do we do with the big emotions or experiences that can prevent us from behaving skillfully? Master Sotesan said, It is not my instruction to have you eliminate by force your feelings of joy or anger, sorrow or happiness. Rather, I urge you to exercise your free frame of mind without constraint by applying joy, anger, sorrow, and happiness properly according to time and place, only making sure that you do not diverge from the middle way. Then there is a time and a place for all the emotional juiciness of life. The goal is not to become an unfeeling robot. But we still come to the question, how do we know what is proper? In an agenda for gratitude for heaven and earth, our one Buddhist scripture says, we should avoid becoming enticed by remoteness or closeness, intimacy or distance, joy or anger, sorrow or happiness, and ever keep to the middle way. So how can we prevent ourselves being enticed or attached to extremes, whether they be pleasurable or unpleasurable? I'm certainly no stranger to attachment. I'd like to tell you about my experience using the middle way as a guide in recent years, especially in my own journey with addiction. I believe the teachings of the Middle Way have been essential to my healing. Years ago, when complex emotions were powerful enough to set me on fire and consume every ounce of my physical body and mind, I believed it was appropriate for me to consume a substance that would allow my body and mind to relax. As one of the Wan Buddhist precepts for beginners states, do not consume intoxicants without due cause. At that time, I felt I had due cause. Despite the fact that the substance ruled my mind so strongly, I was clearly addicted to it, deeply attached to it. As I continued along the way and touched ever more the essence of my true nature, I began to accept the emotions and began to experience their impermanence through mindful observation. Over time, it became less appropriate for me to escape through consumption of intoxicants. Continued practice and enhanced mindfulness of the true causes and effects of the addiction has revealed that my attachment to intoxicants 
not only never helped to ease my suffering, they caused my suffering, and they were my suffering. They were my suffering because they impaired my freedom of mind and thus blocked my true nature. During a temple book study, my Dharma sister Anne recently spoke about attachment in a way that was easy for me to understand. She said that when we are attached to things, whether they be intoxicants, youth, money, notoriety, it brings us farther away from our true nature. Another sister, Lauren, spoke up and reminded the group that true nature is always there. Our attachments, she said, are formed from a belief that we are not whole without them. Wholeness is our true nature. In addition to understanding and releasing attachments, impartiality is another element of the middle way that has played an integral role in my personal struggle with addiction. I have heard Reverend Wang Gong refer to the Noble Eightfold Path as Buddha's roadmap for the Middle Way. The Noble Eightfold Path, which many of you know, includes right understanding, right thought, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right dedication, right mindfulness, and right concentration. Wang Gong says, right is not understood as the dualistic concept of right versus wrong, but instead means impartial and unbiased. The founding master said, with regard to commanding one's nature, rightness means to engage in the practice of the middle way in all matters. With regard to nourishing one's nature, rightness means the mind that remains impartial. There seem to be so many things we wish were different about the human experience. Things we consider bad, wrong. We make each other bad. It's those Republicans that are bad. Or look at those Democrats behaving so badly. If rightness is a mind that remains impartial, Perhaps neither extreme holds the answers we seek. Through regular meditation practice, we can experience emptiness, a space void of all concepts. We access prajna, described by Wang Gong as non-discriminatory wisdom. Nagarjuna, the father of Mahayana Buddhism, said that the middle way is not possible without an understanding of emptiness. Emptiness is free from concepts. As we practice, we can dive ever deeper into the empty space that is the basis for a mind that remains impartial. With an impartial mind, we are able to remain less reactive 
to external sensory conditions, to other people's bad behavior, and to the things about the world we wish were different. Non-reactive does not mean non-active, however. Non-reactivity allows us to act skillfully, appropriately, not driven by our judgments, but by the guidance of our true nature. With an impartial mind, we are also able to become less reactive and judgmental of ourselves and our own behavior and thoughts. Without guilt, we can objectively assess whether our actions are appropriate. We will know what is proper and ever keep to the middle way. This is why I think good and bad do not have a place in the Dharma. Mind you, pursuing wholesome thoughts, speech, and action is a fundamental teaching in Wan Buddhism. Planting wholesome seeds is necessary to reap the beneficial fruits of this world based on the principles of cause and effect. But when training an impartial mind, the concepts of good and bad, conceived with the judgmental mind, obscure our ability to see our development and the development of those around us as an ever-changing fluid reality that is capable of progressing or regressing at any time. As practitioners, we train in non-attachment and impartiality so that our reactivity to perceived goodness or badness subsides, allowing space for true nature to shine. Together, let us step mindfully as we guide our lives along the middle way. Thank you.